I'm going to share, I think this will be a short talk, which is good because we're starting kind of late. And I want to share on the invitation of Jesus who said, don't let your hearts be troubled. So I know that most of you haven't heard the lectionary readings for today, but they include a passage from John 14 about not letting our hearts be troubled, and they also include a passage from Psalm 31 that talks about God being a refuge for us. So let's start by taking a look at those two verses. Is that print too fine? Can you see that? I always have to learn how to do PowerPoints properly. Yeah, it's legible? So just the beginning of this part, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. Now we might, of course, start by acknowledging that there are lots of reasons uh, why um, it might be hard to not let our hearts be troubled. There are lots of troubling things. Did you notice? <laughs> Do you ever look at the news, social media? The world is a very troubling place, but most of our lives are filled with reasons to be troubled, to feel troubled. And it's important to remember that Jesus said these words during a very troubling time. Like this was just before he was about to get taken and crucified and everything was going to fall apart. Like pretty terrible moment. And that's the point in time where he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. So let's keep that in mind. And then if we look at the Psalm, Psalm 31, the beginning says, In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Incline your ear to me. Make haste to deliver me. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. For you are my crag and my stronghold. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. So similarly, like the passage where John is inviting his followers to uh, not let their hearts be troubled, this passage was also written at a time when there was a lot going on, and if you read the whole psalm, you'll see that it was talking about very literal enemies that someone needed to try to uh, be protected from. So I started out down this road today for two reasons. One is because I've been wanting to be more intentionally inspired by the lectionary when I talk so that I get off of my hobby horses and stop talking about the same things all the time, which I can do. Um, but the second reason was because I read something which I think was by Frederick Buechner, but I, I couldn't find it again, so I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was by Frederick Buechner. And it was about paying attention to those moments and times when you notice something happening in you. And he said, like, just pay attention, because if you look at those places where you're being deeply affected by something, you'll probably see God at work somehow in the midst of that moment. So with that in mind, I was at the Celtic Liturgy service maybe last week, week before, and I read just a part that we say almost every week. We have two liturgies. We have a regular liturgy, which is our uh, kind of our familiar homey place, and then we have our alternate liturgy, which takes us to slightly new spaces just to keep stretching us. And this part of the, of the normal familiar liturgy says this. May the bread restore our strength. This is coming right after communion. May the bread restore our strength, giving new energy to tired limbs, new thoughts to weary minds. May the wine restore our souls, giving new vision to dry spirits, new warmth to 
to cold hearts. So what I noticed, because I was trying to pay attention, like Beatner told me, <laughs> that this part of the liturgy gets to me regularly, especially when I really need it, when I'm having a hard week, and there have been a substantial number of hard weeks over the last few years, particularly the year actually just before COVID, had a particular number of hard weeks for me. So I say, what's going on here? If I pay attention, like Beatner said, what do I notice? Why am I having these feelings that come, particularly in relation to this thing? They're very positive feelings, but you know, I'm getting moved by this. Now, I was writing this and I thought, I, I think I'm like well past the day when I could talk about how unemotional I am. Some of you might have noticed. I used to do that, and then I realized, my goodness, I'm just having these feelings all over the place. Now, they still, they still come like this, right? As opposed to like this, because that is the kind of person I am. But shoot, there are feelings in there. And, anyway, this is one of those places where it comes regularly, and, and it comes in at this point in the liturgy. So I'm trying to pay attention. And the thing that I thought was, What's happening is the liturgy, and uh, we, we heard last week from Jess, this is uh, literally the, the work of the people. That's what the liturgy means, the work of the people. Or I think you said the energy of us ordinary folk, or something like that. Last time is, is what the word literally means. Uh, but this has created a particular refuge for me. It's created a space that's become a refuge for me, and, and I, as I rest into that, I feel something melt in me. I feel something soften in me that's very important and very positive. So when my heart gets troubled, I come to the Celtic service and I'm invited into that refuge, a form, a structure, a story that the liturgy invites me into. So that by the time I get to that particular passage, here's what's already happened. I've had a bunch of opening words that draw my attention away from normal life into a sacred space where we're deliberately paying attention to God's presence with us. And in that space, we're confessing our weaknesses together. We know that we just keep messing up so often. And then we've listened to some ancient words together, and they're from the revised common lectionary, and so we know that Christians all around the world are paying attention to these words together, for better or worse, sometimes. But it, there's an interesting thing that happens when you realize these are words being spoken all around the world by people who are trying to remember the difference um, that was created when, when Jesus gave us some new ways of thinking. This particularly struck me one time when we were on a Europe trip, and uh, we were in Italy, uh, which city was it? I can't remember. But we were, we were in Italy, we went to a Gregorian liturgy service just for the, the music, which was great, because it was all in Italian and we weren't hearing it. But we had done, at our campground, we had done um, like a, a version of the Celtic liturgy that we take on the road with us sometimes in, in here. And we had done the lectionary there, so I had, we had done the liturgy readings that morning, the lectionary readings that morning. And then here in this Italian crypt, we're hearing in the middle of this Gregorian service, the priest get up to read the lectionary readings, and even though my Italian is not impressive whatsoever, I recognize the words because I read them this morning. It's like, he's reading the same words we read in the campground this morning. Absolutely fascinating to me how that, how that works. So we've done that, 
Then we met a contemporary reading as we do upstairs to help remind each other that God is still speaking to us through many, many voices, including lots of voices that aren't in our own tradition. And all of that's just the prelude, how we enter into that space together. They're all inviting us into that space, that structure, that story. And then a particular new magic starts to happen. This is where we start sharing our honest and simple reactions to those ancient readings. So the people gathered together start becoming present to each other. They start listening to each other. And people are starting to say stuff like, oh, I don't really like that bit at all. <laughs> you do that. Or they say, oh, I really want to remember that all this week. Or that makes me think of this. You know, all kinds of things. And you just see people starting to become present to each other, opening themselves up to the possibilities of how this, uh, these words that we read could be changing them, inviting them into something different. And we're just trying to make sense of life together. And you start to experience a, a small taste of that. And then we have a space for praying, kind of like we do down here. We do it in a few different kinds of ways, but we have a a place where people can share something that's on their mind, something that's been troubling them, some person they're concerned about. Just like we often do down here, you know, saying, God in your mercy, and we say, together, hear our prayer. So we're doing that, reminding ourselves of how our lives do have these hard parts that are, that are tough sometimes. And then with this awareness, of each other and of God, we celebrate communion together. We have our little taste of bread and of the cup of wine with the recorded song playing. And so during that time, we pause from words and instead we let tastes and sounds remind us that something real, something tangible is going on here in this space. And then after all that, we get to this bit. May the bread restore our strength, giving new energy to tired limbs, new thoughts, to weary minds. May the wine restore our souls, giving new vision to dry spirits, new warmth to cold hearts. And that's where so often it hits me. I am being restored. I am getting new energy and new thoughts from this. I have had a cold heart and it's warming up. And so I'm very, very grateful. So for me, I realized that that's what happens for me upstairs and it happens downstairs too, and it happens in other spaces too. And it's that refuge that the psalmist is speaking of, that place that protects us from the enemy. Enemies like frustration and, you know, wanting to just like quit and walk away from stuff. Like those enemies are kept at bay. Are you starting to wonder where your refuge is? You know, I'm gonna ask you later. So Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled as they were about to go through some very hard times. And this encouragement that he was offering was based on trust. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So trust, we trust in the presence of God, we trust in the presence of love, we trust in the way that was revealed to us through a human, through us humans to each other. And that's what we all need when our hearts get troubled, a refuge where we can get back to that kind of a place of trust and rest in it. Like some of the songs we sang this morning too. And we rest in that, we count on it, and we get restored by it, and we get refreshed by it. 
Now Jesus also makes a point, I, I included enough in that short bit and from John 14 to say, where he says, there are many dwelling places. Now I suppose that could mean that there's a room for a lot of us, and probably does mean that too, but that just seems like too simple and too obvious. I think he's saying more than that. I think he's saying there are lots of different dwelling places. It's not just all one thing. There's lots of different ways that we can do that dwelling together with God. There's lots of different ways in which we can experience that refuge. It's not just the temple anymore, and of course probably never was just the temple. So for some of us, that refuge might be walking by yourself in the forest, and in the quiet of nature, something gives you a new, fresh perspective and everything is just a little more okay. And even though you're literally alone, you feel less alone. Just a reminder that I am going to ask you soon. Right? <laughs> For someone else, it might be having a cup of coffee with a friend or two if something's brewing, now under new ownership. <laughs> Still probably a good place, right? Anyone been there? Yeah? Still all good? Okay. You've got to miss Ada, but yeah. Um, might even be a beer with some friends in a garage, like real New Brunswick dwelling place. For some, it might come from sharing a mindfulness meditation on your phone app and talking to someone else who uses it too. Oh yeah, it really helps me. But I'm not just talking about a purely social thing, but a place, a time when you feel the reality that things really are more okay. There really is love going on deeper than all the awful you see on social media. Okay, now's the time. You ready? Anyone got a refuge they want to share? Where's a place of refuge for you where you feel like the world gets a little more restored? You're a little more aware that love is there divine or human, both? The ocean. By the ocean. Or in it? Dip dudes? <laughs> Do you, I, I shouldn't just give that refuge without explaining that dip dudes are this group of people who sneak into the cold ocean in the middle of winter with smiles on. It's insane. We, we thought that Megan was a uh, our granddaughter was a um, honorary dip dude yesterday. She walked into Oak Bay with her feet like up to her ankles. She loved it. <laughs> On her way. Anyone else? Where's your refuge? The queer community. The queer community. Yeah. yeah. The kitchen. The kitchen. Any kitchen? Food gets created. Mm. I get to disclose myself and, uh, serve, and serve the people I love at the same time. Uh, a place where self-expression and serving friends happens. Beautiful. Communion. <clears throat> That's quite a coincidence because my refuge is the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy blanket and a journal and a coffee. 
combo deal. Yeah. In my car on country roads. Oh, nice. In your car on country roads. Beautiful. Sitting on a fallen log, gazing at this enormous pine tree in our woods. Okay. Like, it sounds like a particular place. It is. Yeah. <laughs> a fallen log, looking at a great big pine tree. Just Sunday mornings, like the rest of the week, it's not good. Yeah. I'm telling you, on Sunday mornings, it is peaceful and quiet. There's hardly any traffic. Mm. You can hear birds. It's very, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't have a dog with me, but I walked this morning, um, 8.30, walking to church this morning, and uh, they, there were lots of dogs around me. I wasn't walking any of them, but there was lots of dogs barking. But, but the birds... It was intense. I could barely think. There was so much bird song. It was so gorgeous. I didn't need to think bird song was better. I regularly talk to crows, actually. Do they respond well after that? You gotta watch what you say to crows. Apparently they, they create long-lasting relationships and if you tick them off, they'll remember. Anywhere that noise isn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially the inner noise. Yeah. Getting away from that inner noise sometimes. So you see how varied our refuges, refuges, doesn't quite work. Doesn't. Our places of refuge are. Well, now let's add just one more thing. When his disciples ask more questions about the way to the dwelling places that he's talking about, Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I think there's a real value in, in having a place of refuge where we get reoriented a little bit. Steered back toward the way like the one that Jesus showed us. A way of countercultural living where love turns lots of other values upside down. Where the poor matter the most. And we fight courageously and hopefully but without violence. Do we have a refuge that does that too? That reorients us? in that kind of direction, because we need that to, uh, to turn our perspectives, uh, depending on how you view it, upside down or back, right side up, after so much of the world has flipped things around. So we're all different, as we've just heard. There are lots of dwelling places where you can find rest in a trust in God and the way that God was revealed in Jesus and in the humans around you. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Find your refuge, practice going there, trust, we need this, and remember to make it a refuge for others who are sharing that dwelling place with you, too. I wanted to wrap up with the words that come after that part of the liturgy upstairs, so um, two things. One is a prayer that I'll read, and then uh, after that is uh, a version of St. Patrick's Breastplate that I'll have you all join me on. But here's this prayer, uh, originally from Joel Mason with some tweaks along the way. 
as we see the week stretched out before us, in all of its mystery and predictability, we give it to you and ask that you would walk with us through the minutes and hours keeping us awake and available to you and to each one that will cross our paths. And as we read this next breastplate, um, remember that it is a breastplate. The reason it's called that is because it's, these are words that you speak and you put on and you carry, it's like a walking refuge, right? It's like a refuge that you take with you as you go about your day. So um, as you say these words, I invite you to, to say them as something that you clothe yourself with and carry with you into a day. So join me. Christ as a light, illumine and guide me. Christ as a shield, overshadow me. Christ under me, Christ over me, Christ beside me, on my left and my right. This day be within and without me, lowly and deep, yet all-powerful. Be in the heart of each to whom I speak, in the mouth of each who speaks unto me. This day be within and without me, lowly and meek, yet all-powerful. Christ as a light, Christ as a shield, Christ beside me, on my left and my right. And just as you're about to go in peace, I'll remind you, as Rachel often reminds us uh, in some context where we've shared this, when you think about Christ on your left and right, take a look around and see who's sitting on your left and right and know that these are the people who carry that presence around with them, with you. So, go in peace. Have a great day.